All right, welcome to the fourth and long pod, fourth and long podcast, episode one, with me, your host Justin, um, and I'm here with my buddy Jacob. What's going on, man? What's up? How are you doing, Justin? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm just, uh, you know, I'm ready for some uh, some football this weekend. After what's happening in the NFL and everything like that, it's just. It, it, I mean, we'll talk about it later, but it's just crazy. It hasn't hit. Um, college football the way it hits the NFL but like we were talking about beforehand it's more of a it was Eli Drinkwitz the new coach in Missouri who said it was more it was a like kind of a free-for-all so that's definitely not safe but whatever but uh so yeah um we have a lot of things to get into uh like we said I believe last time we're gonna end up splitting this into two different podcasts We'll be we're going live every Tuesday night and Friday night. Hopefully, maybe sometimes we'll do a Saturday morning if we have to. But uh, and next Tuesday we have a guest, Jake. You want to talk about him real quick? Uh, yeah, one of my uh, good childhood uh, friend buddies is gonna be joining us for a podcast. He is a safety um, for Memphis, um, and with their whole situation going on there, he's gonna kind of join us and talk about his experience being there and just playing at a D1 level during these crazy times and what kind of precautions they're putting players through, you know, maybe get some little insight on what's going on from a player's yeah. perspective. Yeah, it's going to be huge. I mean, because I think a lot of us sit here that like college football and we're just like, don't really think about how much it's affecting those guys that are playing if they're getting sick. And it's just, it would, it would be, it's going to be awesome to just like kind of get his perspective, like how it was last spring for him. How was the summer? And then like, you know, Memphis is playing, so that's good. But uh, I mean, like I said, yeah, it's just going to be good to have him on. You, you have his name, right? Obviously he's a child. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah, I do. <laughs> All right, but uh, so let's get into it real quick. Uh, we're going to do five things in 50 seconds just to go over some notes that I uh, um, happened in college football this week, and uh, and we'll talk about it afterwards a little bit. Okay, so today Baylor um, shut down all um, like football activities because of COVID. So I don't really know what's going on there, but it's uh, based on COVID, so that that, that can never be good. Um, ESPN 300 number one recruit Jack Sawyer. This happened a little bit ago. I just found out about it, though. He skipped his senior season in Pickerington. It's a place in Ohio, a big school. Uh, He skipped his senior season to get ready for Ohio State, and which is something that I'm sure we'll talk about basically every week because you never know when some of these recruits are just be like, Hey, I'm done with this. Like I, I need to get the NFL and make money. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of more recruiting the 2020, I know I released an article earlier this week at the top 10 players in ESPN 2021 class. And uh, right now Alabama and Ohio state are neck and neck at number one for the recruiting class. They have um, Alabama's come on strong late. They just uh, got a commitment from uh <clears throat> J.C. Latham, a uh, left tackle out of, uh, I believe IMG. I mean, everyone comes out of IMG. Yeah, it's, it's IMG. It's like a it's like a prep school for all these kids. Yeah. Speaking of that, I was going to I I talked to Randy and I was like, hey, do you think it'd be a good idea to do like a whole feature on IMG? And I was, so he said he loves the idea, and uh, mm-hmm. I kind of I, I said I'll try and get in touch with him. I emailed the school yesterday; they didn't email me back. They don't care about me, but <laughs> whatever. All right, two more. We got Kansas Jayhawks coach 
the great Les Miles tested positive for COVID earlier this week. And, uh, I mean, Kansas just stopped playing football. I mean, there's no reason. Kansas should just be one of those teams that just plays basketball. And then the last one I have here, and then, Jake, give me uh, some of your, um, uh, you know, uh, what your feedback is and the SC we talked about this point as well. The SEC this week warned of bans and fines for COVID-19 violations, which goes back to what we brought up last week about um, Missouri's new coach, Eli Drinkwitz. Um, he basically said it's a free for all. So that's not safe and that's not good. But uh, any, uh, any feedback on uh, the news there, Jake? Um, yeah, I have to say, I think the biggest news, um, that happened a couple days ago or yesterday actually was the Baylor. I think a lot more schools and um, I think the SEC kind of saw this and was like, well, we need to do something about it. I mean, with the NFL having problems with all their teams having to reschedule all these games, you know, those are high priced athletes that, you know, are around to free and kind of roam. You know, these college kids are, you know, it's college. They're supposed to be the four best years of your life. So, you know, they're probably finding ways to do stuff and try to go around, kind of ha- have some fun. Yeah, and I, 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 I go ahead, go ahead. But uh, um, I'll say this real quick. I know that I don't even know if a lot of schools, like regular students, are even taking classes like there. I know Kent around me, a lot of them are just doing it online. So mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah, go on. Um, but I think it's I think the SEC is taking the right steps to hold these teams accountable. I mean, that quote last week was kind of big news. It's a free for all. You know, wh- who's reporting what? What are they reporting? Um, I mean, Memphis, if they're reporting right, that's kind of a big deal. And we'll get that view next week from that um, from my source. But, you know, these teams need to be held accountable. It can't just be a free for all. You know, these are kids. These are kids future that need to be accounted for and kind of be held responsible. They're supposed to be adults if they're going out partying when they should be, you know, quarantining because of football. And that's really what they're doing right now between online classes and practicing it needs to be it needs to be a uh, punishment needs to be set and a precedent needs to be set to hold these these adults accountable yeah and it's i mean it's kind of, i mean jacob i know you're 21 right yeah and i mean i'm a little bit older i'm 28 but i mean we have to look back on and in a lot of these guys are 18 19 20 year old kids that yeah they love football they want to play football but they also want to have a fun college experience so it's they get to play football but you don't get to do anything else Pretty much, like I, I'm surprised a lot of schools haven't just started like, like lockdowns basically for their football players. I, I, if I was a D1 basketball coach or D2 basketball coach, I would be like, "Yo, team, we're getting a house, a big house. We're gonna rent it. Everyone's staying here together. Mm-hmm. If someone gets it, we're all screwed." But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it, it, like you said, COVID's hit the NFL pretty bad, and the, and that's all money wise for, I mean, that's, that's killing them. It's not as bad as in college, but I think that it has to go back with, I can see, I, I can definitely see some college coaches that were kind of, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, slide some things under the rug and not really, if it, especially if it's like an important playmaker. Like I've, I just keep waiting for the day that I pull up ESPN or something like that. And I see like Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence. If Trevor Lawrence got COVID, I, I think the whole NCAA football would just shut down just because they love him so much. Well, exactly. And it's like those big name players that, you know, most people watch. I think a great situation of that is with um, Miami right now. And they're, you know, De'Ara King, who's becoming an emergent tar and Quincy Roche, who's supposed to be, 
a top touted edge rusher for the NFL this, you know, this upcoming draft. If those players go down for a school like that, it's kind of hard to see, you know, them having a good season or even anyone really wanting to watch them. It's like your top two players are out. What, what else do you have to offer? You really don't. So, and it's tough for those teams to pull and really put up a competitive front versus these hard schedules that are coming up. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I always forget what I'm going to say, but, uh, it's just, it, you remember a couple of years ago when they, first, when college teams first started, uh, their stars would sit out and just say, I'm not playing in the bowl game because they didn't want to get hurt. I mean, it, we don't know when a vaccine for COVID is coming. We I mean, let's be real. No one knows, or if it's coming even, I don't know, but it, some players, maybe like uh, if I was a number one recruit in high school, like the Jack Sawyer, who, Oh, by the way, is committed to Ohio state. He, I mean, he went to school in Ohio, so he's going to Ohio state, but when are these kids going to be like, it's just not worth it. It's it, it, I need to make money for my family and you make, I just need to get to the NFL and into, until they maybe start paying players. I mean, for them, it's just it, 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 for I, I sadly I think for a lot of college athletes and especially football and basketball and even baseball, college for them is just a means to an end. It's just a means to end up making money in a career. So it's kind of what the other kids do, learning. But uh, you know what I mean. Anything else you got there, Jake? But uh, if not, I'm gonna head into um, last week, which was crazy. But uh, you got anything yeah. else? Um, yeah, I think. I think you're exactly right. I mean, these kids are really just some of them are one and done. Some of them are, you know, will take or they're in their second or third year and are primed to go in a draft that, you know, this upcoming draft class. But again, it's a means to an end with college players, you know, not not being paid yet. I don't really see them, you know, sticking up. I mean, if once this and we kind of talked about this last week with, uh, you know, California passing that new bill to start paying college athletes based on their name rights starting um, this upcoming year, it's going to be interesting to see how players really, how the, the effect it's going to have on players, you know, wanting to sit out of bowl games versus, you know, actually playing because they have money, kind of like a, a horse in the game at that point. Yeah, it's it's definitely, this has really opened some people's eyes, I think, but um, like I said, I'm sure we'll down the road, like maybe in the off season or maybe when I'm doing basketball and then college basketball is boring. You don't want, you want to hop on and talk about some stuff. Like I know that we're going to have big conversations about playing, paying players and guys sitting out and things like that. But um, yeah, it's, it's open people's eyes and uh, we'll see what happens. But now we're going to go back to some real football. And like I said, usually this will be on Tuesday night. We'll like recap last week, but we're just starting out with one because me and Jake wanted to get on the horn today. And uh, last weekend, boy, crazy uh, week. it After was a crazy week. It was. And then, uh, I mean, what is wrong with Texas and Oklahoma? They are, they're both terrible. You got me. Can you hear me? Okay, well, I'll keep going. Um, you got me yet? <laughs> no, yeah, I got you now. I got you now. I was, I right, was waiting to see right. you come back in. So, um, you were saying. <laughs> wait, wait, sorry, Tech. could you repeat what you yeah, were saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I was just, I mean, we had the Red River, River, River shootout this week, which we'll also talk about. But, mm-hmm. I mean, last weekend, I mean, I've always said this about Oklahoma. I mean, they're all, all offense, no defense, and they will be good in the Big 12. But they're never, I mean, you've seen it when they make the playoffs, other than when uh, the year that yeah. Baker was the quarterback. I mean, they just flake out. And, um, I mean, they got, I mean, Iowa State isn't necessarily a tough place to play for Oklahoma, but I know they're well coached and their coach, uh, Matt Campbell is on a lot of NFL teams minds, uh, this off season and last off season too. So, uh, I personally, I just don't like Oklahoma. I, in Spencer Rattler, he's not bad, but he's more of a Jalen hurts than a Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield. So I think, I think, I think you're exactly right, but I think he also needs time to develop. I think he can become one of those players. I mean, in high school, he just dominated the competition, was constantly throwing up for over 400 yards per game. And he didn't always have the strongest competition, but he he does have those those little moments. But he again, he's a true freshman. Like, you can't he – ha, he needs time to grow. He's not one of those players that can – He's a retro freshman, I think. Okay, redshirt freshman. Yeah, he's a redshirt. I think he redshirted last year because because he was gonna play last year, but then Hertz transferred over, and so right, right. Hertz was the transfer last year. Yeah, so I mean, but again, I still think he needs that little bit of room to grow. Yeah, and he will, and uh, for one more year, and then he'll try and go pro. But I mean, it, whatever. I mean, Lincoln Riley. It would not surprise me one bit if he is done at Oklahoma and just heads to the NFL, like. I I like him. He seems like a nice guy, but I mean, he even hired Alex Grinch to rework the defense, but it just isn't going well for Oklahoma. And on the other side of the River, River shootout, or I guess you have to call it showdown now, because you know I don't yeah. know, but I'll ne- I'll never, never call it that. <laughs> yeah, I'll never call it that. And but I mean, Texas, like I wrote in my preview for the Big Twelve, I wrote that. I was kind of, I just wanted to come up with some random randomness. And I was like, I think the coach of the year and the most surprising team might be TCU. Gary Patterson's a good coach. They always have a decent defense and they run that air raid now. But last week, Texas, Texas, uh, Texas versus TCU wasn't really about TCU winning. It was about Texas just not being able to finish and, I know you saw, I mean, that fumble on the one yard line. What is that guy doing? I really don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't, I'm not a running back. I'm not, I have played offensive line, so I don't know what's going through that mindset. Like, I don't even know if, like, if he held out and hung on to it. I don't even I still think he was in. So just, uh, I mean, uh, another coach there, Tom Herman. I mean, he's done a decent job. He did better than Charlie Strong before him. He's certainly no Mac Brown. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if Tom Herman's done there after this year. I mean, right. Texas is – it's such big football state that I – yeah, mean, I mean, there's plenty it, of other coaches. Some of these high school coaches could step up. I mean, you got some of those dynasties in there that, you know, no one really yeah. outside of the state knows about. And it's like they've been coaching for, you know, 40, 50 years and led their team to multiple undefeated seasons, multiple state championships. It's just – you, I feel like you're right. I feel like he's on the hot seat this this year, and if they keep, I mean, they have a good matchup this week, and I think it's really going to show. Yeah, I, I I do too, and we'll talk about that in the preview. But um, in at Texas too, I mean, 
Texas is Texas. It's number one state for football in all the country. How can yeah. you not recruit your own state? But uh, yeah, I mean, even I, I, I honestly look at Texas high school football, and I honestly think it's basically it's kind of like the NFL and kind of like college. Like, I, I it's think, a mix of both. Yeah, you I have mean, so I, much talent. You have so much talent on those teams, and it's crazy. It, and I'm in California, and I've seen some some high school California teams. You know, St. John Bosco, Martyr Day. De La Salle back in the day. And well, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. The competition is just, it's good for those couple teams, but not all the teams like Texas has that talent. You just yeah. have these couple teams here and there. It's not every single team like in Texas. Yeah. But I mean, I, I think I was, I don't know why I was looking at it. Maybe I stumbled upon it, but I looked at like the most expensive high school stadiums in the country. I mean, the top five are all in oh, Texas. Yeah, Dude, I mean, they're, they're, uh, what, what, was it? Is it Allen High School? Allen High School is is had a seven seventy million dollar stadium. I thought, I thought it was eighty. Stadium. It's like I, seventy thousand people. Yeah, and then, a high school game. And then it's I, just crazy. Yeah, and I remember uh, Katie is another big name around there, and they mm-hmm. built like a fifty uh, million dollar stadium. It's just like. It, that's why I don't view those kids as, I mean, they're college kids basically, yeah. but whatever. I mean, um, we'll move on from that, but obviously we'll get back into it because like I said, that's how it's going this week. But you, uh, in talking to you, I can tell you really like Florida and obviously they played South Carolina last weekend and I went to South Carolina for one year, just one. <laughs> and um, they stuck with them for about a, quarter and a half and then Kyle Trask just I mean that offense is rolling I mean go ahead and speak what you want to say about it but uh yeah that offense is rolling the two Kyles right now I mean it's crazy what they've been able to do granted they've played Ole Miss uh who's terrible at defense and then South Carolina who's like a middle of the pack team or even like a bottom dweller these days with Will Muschamp god Will Muschamp needs to go so bad but yeah I mean Florida's good I I think their defense is gonna maybe cause a couple problems for them later in the year but I mean if they keep throwing the ball like they do I mean with the athletes that they have it's going to be tough to beat him. I I think you're completely right. I mean, I think it kind of shows that the trend of their, their offense, Florida's offense starting slow is, is what really hurts them. But again, they, they're strong finishers. I mean, they were, wasn't it? I believe it was tied going in the halftime or they were, they were within like three and Florida just pulled away in the second half. I mean, you could really tell they stepped it into that high gear. Um, they really remind me of a team like uh, Kansas City, the Kansas City Chiefs in the NFL that they might start off slow, but by the you can't hold like you can hold them for only such an amount of time that by they'll find a way and just snap like that, and it's you don't really have a chance to catch them. No, no, and I mean. Kyle Pitts is we, we've talked about him. He's really a wide receiver, but he's listed listed at tight end. Just cancel yeah. the Mac the cancel the Mackey award now, which goes to the nation's top tight end. He already won it. I mean, he's got yeah. Tra- Trask has ten touchdowns and because Flores only played twice. Trask mm-hmm. has ten touchdowns and Pitts has six. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. For a tight end, especially in college football, where we don't really see a lot of tight ends coming in. We see a lot of blocking tight ends, not not receiving tight ends. Um and again, I think once he goes to the NFL, they'll convert him to 
a wide receiver and use him like a Julio Jones or something because of his size and because of his speed. Um, he's still a decent blocking tight end, but again, if you watch the game, they did a whole 10 minute segment uh, talking about um, him and saying he really was angry after last year and he wasn't even considered for the award because he didn't have his hand in the ground enough. And he really stepped up this off season to really bulk up and become that tight end. But he still has the speed like he's a wide receiver. It's just a crazy combination of athleticism and pure gifted talent. Yeah, and it's to me, it's not even the speed. I think it was the first week they played when they threw him that long ball, and I think a safety tried to tackle him. He just took his arm and threw him to the ground. It was it's yeah. like so. If he gets the ball in open space, he may not be the fastest, but I mean, yeah, he reminds me. He's not as big as a Travis Kelsey, or he reminds me of like a like an Evan Ingram or something like that for um, from Ole Miss, or I don't even know who he plays for now. He seems like he's hurt every year, but he seems like that a little bit. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, he. I mean, there. I mean, we'll talk about it when it comes. But is Florida and Georgia are both undefeated when they play? I mean, that's gonna be. I mean, that's gonna be a great game. I oh, think I that absolutely. that honestly could be game of the year, even over a national championship game. Yeah, yeah. So, um, back into the SEC, we um, uh, Alabama. I mean, I think we all called it last week. I mean, they rolled Texas A and M. Yeah, I think I think the Jimbo yeah. Fisher the Jimbo Fisher era in College Station is done. Uh, they gave him like a ninety million dollar contract. That I mean, that's got to be over. And I mean, Alabama won fifty two twenty four and. It's just even sickening mm-hmm. to look at Alabama because they're full of stars, and Mac Jones is a Nick Saban quarterback. Don't lose him the game. Let the defense win. Use the run game and then hit him over the top play action. I mean, Mac Jones could. I'm saying that name right, right? It's Mac Jones. Yeah. Right. I thought so. I yeah, thought yeah, so. I believe yeah, you're saying that I mean, name. <laughs> well, then we're both wrong if it's wrong, but uh. Um, yeah, uh, he's gonna play. Him, he's gonna he's gonna play himself into the to the uh, Heisman uh, candidacy just because he's a quarterback for Alabama and he doesn't throw interceptions. So I mean, yeah. they rolled and uh, yeah, Kellen Mond. I'm just sick of hearing his name. Like every year, it's like, oh, Kellen Mond is gonna. Kellen Mond is gonna. This is his year. He's finally matured. He's gonna do it. And every year it's just like, oh my God. Um, I mean, you look at the stats. He was, Kellen Mond was 25 at 44 for 318 and only threw three touchdowns. They threw 44 times. Mac Jones threw 20 of 27 for 435, four touchdowns and one interception. That on 20 set, on 20 completions, he threw for 435 yards. Yeah, I mean, is that it, like. That just tells you he'll he'll already be considered in for that for that spot as a Heisman, which is crazy because he really isn't that you know no that great of a thing. You know, it would be crazy if he if by some long shot Mac Jones ends up winning the Heisman Trophy while Tua Tagliova or whatever his name is never won one. <laughs> it's like all yeah, you used to hear about. Bad about two after the national championship performance was like, Oh, he's going to win his sophomore. Now he's going to win as a junior and he just never won it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, and you got to think about that. Yeah, exactly. Those yard, that yard she's thrown for, I mean, they lost Jerry Judy and, uh, Henry Ruggs, the NFL. And they're still, I mean, they got, um, Devonta yeah. something. And, uh, uh, I can't think of the other guy's name. But uh, I mean, they they have 
two i mean Najee harris is like a grown man mm-hmm. so i mean we could talk about alabama all day but uh, it, i think alabama plays georgia or florida this year i'm not sure they play both but i just don't see anyone in the west really being able to compete with alabama i mean i guess you could have said texas a&m not lsu this year but uh in I mean, the East will be it's looking like Georgia and Florida or Georgia and Florida. Yeah. So, um, you got anything yeah. else on that? If not, I'll move to the next game. Uh, um, I think LSU. I go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say that I think going back to your wide receiver comment, I mean, last year they were touted as the best wide receiving core of all time with that, with, with, you know, even before, even with the loss, they still had three wide receivers that were touted as having the best receiver class of all time. So yeah, I think I mean, that really speaks to the depth that Alabama recruits for. And I think goes back to our news earlier in the show that, you know, they're high, they have one of the top recruiting classes pretty much every year. They, I don't think they've been out of the top five in like the last 15 years. You know, yeah, it's I mean, just crazy. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, Nick Saban's going to Nick Saban um, and they play Ole Miss this weekend. I, I kind of put it on my like best bets. I'll get to it later, but uh I mean, Ole Miss, actually, their offense can do something. Their defense is atrocious. I mean, that game, I wouldn't be surprised if the total was like 90 or 100 points. And I think it's going to be that. I think yeah. it's going to be in the 90s because it's going to be like last year's uh, OU versus Texas game. Just no defense and just all offense. Yeah, it, it, it's crazy. Um, uh, now headed back to still in the SEC. Uh, nothing really big, but uh, – um, uh, LSU took out Vanderbilt last weekend, forty-one to seven. Got back on the right path. It, they'll be a top twenty-five team all year, but they definitely—I mean, it—they—they they had their one year, and that's it. I mean, they'll be top twenty-five just because they're LSU, and they're always going to have athletes. But um, yeah, so no, I was talking about you talked um, about UCF, right? LSU. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> Oh, okay. All right. Sorry, you cut out there for me. So I didn't know yeah. if you were on LSU or UCF. I heard law. I heard had that one oh, year. Oh, they'll come back. I just, no, you'll UCF. you'll know if I'm talking about UCF because I'll be pissed. I get angry. I get angry at UCF. <laughs> I mean, right. unless you got something to add on LSU, um, like I. No, I think I mean LSU is always going to be good, and they'll always be in conversation. Um, but I we I mean we called it last week. They were gonna run over Vanderbilt. I mean Vanderbilt's not really you know they're a subpar team. LSU is always top tier, so I it, can't really it, add anything to that. It really sucks that Vanderbilt's so bad at, at, at uh, football because I mean Vanderbilt's right in the middle of Nashville. They play in a cool stadium. I mean, who do you think the best player to come out of Vanderbilt is? I mean, it's got to be Jay Cutler, right? <laughs> I hate to say it. I can't, I don't know. I couldn't even name Jay Cutler. Like I can't remember a good Vanderbilt player that came out. I mean, I really, I can't, you can't name, you can't name like one of those key players that came out of Vanderbilt. I know. And uh, I'm looking up the coach right now. I, Oh yeah. Derek Mason's there. Derek Mason, ex NFL player, but, uh, yeah, he's been there for like three or four years. I guess he's just fine with mediocrity. Whatever. Some people are. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, and now we will go into – oh, go ahead. You got something to say? No, I wasn't going to say anything. Uh, no. Now we will <laughs> head into um, 
UCF losing. Uh, they lost to to Tulsa, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, good, just get them out of my way. I after their one year where they were like they raised the banner and like had a parade. I'm done with them. I mean they UCF is a good story. Like if they we had the old bowl system back where they could get into a bowl or New Year's Day bowl, but I mean they could still do that now in New Year's Day bowl, but. And it's like, I'm just, Boise State is the only team that I ever thought wasn't a big, wasn't in big commerce, but could beat some good teams back. Like, you know, when Kellen Moore was there back when they did all those trick plays, but yeah, UCF going down. I'm happy. Uh, Just shut up. Just, I, I just shut up talking. I don't like them. You got anything? Oh, sorry, I, you keep cutting in and out, and I'm like, I'm getting little bits and pieces, so I'm trying to follow along. Okay, yeah, uh, just go, you go ahead on UCF. Um, I think what my co-host was talking about. Oh, yeah, Um, I mean, I don't, UCF's team really struggled last week. Um, They couldn't really get anything going, and, you know, they fell to Tulsa, who's not really a good team. I just don't think this UCF team is all that's touted up to be. I mean, a couple years ago, you could have said it, but last year, this year, I just don't think it's it. I think there was way too much hype around them. I will say one player at UCF I did like was uh, their quarterback, who basically almost died by breaking his knee. Uh, Mackenzie Milton, I think it was. In one of the bowl games, he like dove into the end zone, and it was the most disgusting thing since Willis McGahee in 2002. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I think, like I, I, know, said, I, think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, his name's like Mackenzie Milton. He was like the skinny. Uh, yeah, but um, and then I, I I put this in there. Um, I don't really hate Memphis at all, but I was very angry last week that the game that should have gone way over didn't even come close to going over. I was just like, mm-hmm. and that, but it was a good game. I mean, SMU won on a uh, kicked like a forty-seven yard field goal to win thirty to twenty-seven, and uh, um. Yeah, SMU's your only 4-0 team in the country, so, I mean, props to them. Hopefully they'll get ranked at some point, but, I mean, they played nobody, so, yeah. Um, one thing yeah, they're ranked, They were ranked 18 going into that, weren't they? I believe. Yeah, maybe. Um, I don't know, but uh, I was just thinking about this. I didn't put it on the outline, but uh, did you watch any of the North Dakota State game last weekend? No, I did not. I caught the highlights, man. I mean – He's good. The kid Trey Lance is good. I just I just don't see it though. I don't see why people are all over him about it. Like mm-hmm. he seems like a running guy. I mean, I yeah, I don't know, but yeah, it was it was weird that they only played one game and now he's like opting out. It's just weird. That's weird. I don't I don't understand it. And whatever, he'll go top ten. Mm-hmm. Just as long as the Browns don't take him, whatever. So, so, yeah, uh, we'll move on to the ACC, which uh, is a conference I usually um, don't like because they play nobodies. Um, So, but this week is obviously different, and we'll talk about that. But, uh, yeah, Clemson last week, uh, I think they played Virginia. I mean, they rolled. I mean. Yeah, they were going the roll. I I mean, I think uh, Lawrence has seven touchdowns on the year with like 848 yards in three games. And speaking of your boy, Derek King or whatever has numbers that are, I think overall a little better than Lawrence's because Derek King can run the ball. 
But um, yeah, Clemson rolled, and then we'll talk about their game this weekend. I think the um, I think the biggest struggle for Clemson there was their uh, their defense. I mean, I can't believe they allowed twenty three points to a Virginia team that's not really, you know, they're not. There's Clemson's defense is always really good and always able to hold those weaker teams. I'm just surprised they allowed twenty three points. I think that's yeah. the biggest concern coming out of that week. Their offense is firing on all cylinders. Um. I just think that's the – they really need to – that defense needs to show up this week and really hold their own against the Miami team that everyone's saying could upset Clemson this week. Yeah, we'll get into that. Um, and then my final statement or the final thing I had is uh, I guess it might be time to take Georgia seriously. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think – again, I think their defense is really going to carry them this year. So good. Their defense is always really good. I think this could be one of their best years um, in recent memory. And I think it really showed by holding Auburn to six points, which many have as like one of those bridge teams to make the college football playoffs this year. Yeah, I mean, we I think we all three of us, maybe Hans didn't pick Auburn, but I know I picked Auburn. I think that game versus Georgia, Auburn, that was more about Auburn being bad than Georgia being good. I mean, Bo Nix yeah. looked like he took – 75 steps backward from, I mean, the beginning of the season. And I'm still not ready to take Georgia completely seriously because I know they're going to have trouble with Florida. Also, they they have a question mark at the quarterback position. They got the transfer from USC, JT Daniels. I don't – he's been cleared, like you said, right? Yeah, he was cleared. Last Um, week. Yeah, he was cleared last week. I think they took – him that week as like a teaching week for him and just was kind of like, okay, let's see how we do against Auburn. We know our defense is going to be good. We're going to trust our defense. And I think this week we'll, we'll actually see JT Daniels debut. Hopefully. Um, I think JT Daniels is going to be a great fit for them. I mean, highly touted recruit out of, out of uh, modern day last, was it last year or the year before and kind of went off there and kind of showed really spouts of being a mobile quarterback, but also having the accuracy of, of some of those pocket passes we've seen in the past. But I think he's going to be a great fit there in a Georgia system that doesn't really pride itself on having a decent quarterback over the years. I mean, Jake Fromm was really the last – I can't remember another quarterback other than Jake Fromm that was really talked about coming out of Georgia. Aaron Murray was a little bit talked about, but that was more because he had a hot girlfriend, I think. So, I don't know. Yeah. All right, uh, we're running a little – that's fine. Like I said, this will be a longer show and we'll split it into two. But uh, before we head into this week's preview, let's uh, – so just after last week, let's uh, go over our Heismans. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go ahead first. Um, I think me, even though Hans isn't here today – yeah, Hans, you have a real job. Cool, bro. Um, <laughs> just ditch us, bro. But um, I think we'll all have somewhat sort of the same um, – uh, top five for the most part. Mm-hmm. If you want to make it three, go ahead and make it three. No big deal. Right. But I got I got Lawrence number one. I actually didn't move Kyle Trask up to number two. I uh, had that as well. I, I think after last week, it really it really showed. Yeah, and uh, well, I'll talk about this once we both finish our Heisman's, and then I have <laughs> Justin Fields at three, um, Derek King at four, and then uh, Kyle Pitts at five. The sad thing for Pitts is he hasn't really no chance to win. I think. Yeah. Just just because the guy that's throwing to him is number two right now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so. Um, my top five is pretty much similar to yours, except I have Justin Fields at number five and I have everyone else moved up one. Um, I just have Justin Fields at five because we haven't seen him play yet. 
Yeah. Um, we don't know what kind of rust is there. I don't expect a lot of rust, but I, you know, I haven't seen him played. I just wanted to kind of limit. I included in my top five, but I really we haven't seen him play yet, so we don't know what that offense is going to look like over there. Um, post the Urban Meyer era, we kind of only got like a taste of it those last two years, and you know they've been really good still. But I want to be able to see this kind of third yeah. year where it kind of fully takes into effect, and we really see that fire on all cylinders. Um, but I have the same note you had. Derek King needs to have a it's in order to stay in the Heisman, he needs to tear up that Clemson defense. If he tears up that Clemson defense and outperforms the number one draft pick this year in Trevor Lawrence, I think it could be his to lose this year. Oh, I think if Lawrence if Clemson loses one game, I think Lawrence is out of the Heisman race. He I mean he hasn't put up great numbers. I mean, I think this year so far he's having the worst numbers. I mean they're still great numbers, but he's having the worst numbers yet. And the final thing I'm going to say is for all the guys that aren't Justin Fields that want the Heisman, you have two weeks now, this weekend and next weekend, to put your stamp down and make a mark before you get the Big Ten back in where you're going to see Fields and then whoever Wisconsin's running back is that they'll run 30 times a game. So <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So the, the people like De'Ara King and Kyle Trask and uh, I, Pitts will be the first one to fall off just because, I mean, it's a, it's a quarterback award now. Yeah, it's, a, it's always been a quarterback award, which is really a shame because there's some great players out there. Um, and I really like to see some other players get a chance at it, but it's always going to be a quarterback. Always going to be a quarterback race. Yeah, um, uh, once we get to trivia, I have uh, one question about that, too. So that, that, that'll that be fun. We have a, we have a fun trivia coming up. But uh, before we do that, yeah. man, let's – like I, I know I posted it uh, in my preview. And like I said to you guys, I mean, if you guys want to add anything to the preview, just do it. I don't care. But um, uh, let's get into the preview for this week. And, I mean, there's four big games, I think. Um, and tell me if you have any other ones or if you think I'm wrong. Um, I still have Florida at Texas A&M as a big game just because it's at Texas A&M and Texas A&M is still ranked, Mm -hmm. but I think Florida is going to, I think it'll be close for like, kind of like South Carolina, it'll be close for like a quarter and a half or even a half, but then Florida will score however many points they need to. So. I mean, I'm as as you said earlier. I'm a big Florida Florida guy this year. I think that offense is is one of the best in the country, um, behind you know Clemson, Alabama, and those guys. But I think it's right there. I think it compete compete with the best of them. I'm just wondering how Texas if Texas A and M bounces back this week and can hold Florida. I still think they can make a push, but I don't think their season. I think their season's pretty much done. But Florida, I think this is going to be a good test for them. I mean, Texas A and M coming off of last week, you know, weren't going to win that game against. Uh, Bama, but if they can, you know, hold another team, they can hang with then and show they can hang with the team like Florida, then they can make a push. But as you said, I think it's going to be close for a quarter and a half, maybe two going in the halftime. And then Florida is just going to step that up. Yeah. Yeah. And um, like SEC East has always been the weaker of the two SEC divisions, but right now it's looking like the stronger one with Georgia and Florida. And Mm -hmm. so, with that being said, um, I'm going to just, it's not next on my outline, Jacob, but uh, I'm just going to skip right to it. The, I mean, the Red River shootout, is this the worst Red River shootout ever? 
I think so. I really think so. I mean, as you said, the first time they're meeting out of the top outside of the top 20 in 20 years, that's, that's just, that's it. That blows my mind. I mean, that's just crazy. I mean, it's going to be a great matchup. It always is Oklahoma versus, versus Texas. But I just, I looked at that stat and I'm like, it, it gave me a double take. I mean, it's going to be, I think it's going to be the same scoreline as last week. I think it's going to be a, a shootout between the offenses. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in I mean, if you want to say, I mean, Texas really can lay the knockout punch on Oklahoma by beating him this, oh, yeah. week, this weekend, because we've seen Oklahoma sneak into the playoffs somehow with one loss almost every year. Um, if they come, if they go into tomorrow's game and lose, they'll have two losses already. And people are already, a lot of them have had enough of Oklahoma over the past couple of years that mm-hmm. they got no chance. So, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Texas comes out and beats them pretty bad. I I think Texas will come out and beat them. Yeah, I I, I just I don't think it's gonna be. I'm again, it's gonna be a shootout like last year. The last year score was forty eight to forty five was the final yeah, score. I think it was something like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I just, I mean, Sam Etling and that offense in Texas, I just think is gonna carve up that that uh, OU defense. And I think spent. I think this is where Spencer Rattler's inexperience and is really going to show. I mean, Texas's defense is is always sound. They always get bullied, but I think this year they have a chip on their shoulder and will really take this as the game to really stamp their mark on the season and be like, okay, we're going to take everyone's anger at OU and we're just going to we're going to hit yeah. them in the mouth. We're going to punch them in the mouth and just hit, kind of give them that knockout punch. And I and I think if they do that, I think you see Pitts, Kyle Pitts fall out of the Heisman race, and you see Sam Ellinger kind of come back up in it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's a bad, it's bad this year. But there's always bad blood, and mm-hmm. it's still going to be an interesting game. Oklahoma doesn't want to be fully eliminated. Texas wants to eliminate the rivals, whatever. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to go on to the next game. Um, a big game. There's two big games of the ACC this week, actually. Obviously, the one t- uh, tomorrow night on primetime is big. But at noon tomorrow, Virginia Tech and the Hokies travel to North Carolina, who is ranked number eight. And I think that's the highest they've been ranked in like something like 30 or 40 years. I might be wrong. But um, Mac Brown's done an amazing job of – like uh, rebuilding that program behind uh, uh, freshman Sam Howell, now a sophomore, but he's had a rough start to the year. I I don't really know how Carolina is undefeated so far, Um, but. Well, I mean, I think the the biggest problem for them was last week's game. You lose four points to BC on ranked B. Like you only beat them by, by four points. That is, that's horrific. And you're ranked number eight. I think they're overrated. I don't think UNC – I feel like they should be lower. I mean, you lose – you lose, you beat BC College by four points, and BC is not that great of a team. I just yeah. – I just – I'm shocked by that. I thought they were going to go in and handle BC properly, but BC hung with them for most of that game. And that's yeah. – you know, I'm from, I'm from Massachusetts – you know, growing up watching some of BC college football with Matt Ryan, Luke Keekley coming out of there, um, AJ Dillon, who came out last year. It's just yeah. that team is not that good this year. Um, you know, their defense is good, but I thought UNC 
was going to absolutely tear them up. And I was very, very shocked to see BC stay with them the entire game. Oh yeah, and um, I mean we're seeing this right now. I mean let's be real. Miami, Miami's probably a little overrated right now. They're too high at seven, and North Carolina is a little too high at eight. And you also got to think um, if the if, once the Big Ten comes back, you got to think if the Big Ten was already playing, North North Carolina would not be in the top ten. Probably not that. Oh no, maybe no. not top fifteen. And Miami would be just outside the top ten because yeah. you got you got Wisconsin, Penn State, uh, Oregon. Ohio State, so, but yeah, I mean, it should be a good game, Grand. This isn't your, you know, your grandpa's uh, uh, Frank Beamer, um, Virginia Tech, that right. focused on special teams and defense. They're giving up 20 or something like 27 and a half a game, so they're not like, mm-hmm. but uh, this would, I think, be Virginia Tech's probably the biggest upset since. 2014 when they beat Ohio State at Ohio State. Yeah. When, but Ohio State ended up winning the national championship. But right. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's cool. I know it sucks for you guys. This is the only part that's great for me is because you, <laughs> you got to wake up at nine to see those games. By noon, yeah. I'm, by noon, I'm like, just give it to me. I need it. <laughs> yeah. Being on the being on the West Coast has those, has a little bit of those drawbacks. I mean, it's great for college, uh, Sunday football because it's like, Look, I got an eight o'clock game. It's that five thirty. Great, I'll watch the game, then do some work, and we'll be fine. Yeah, I, I see you guys on the podcast, and I'm like, God, I'm so tired. And you guys are like, Oh, I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, but I'll move on to the next game. Um, I mean, the biggest, biggest probably game of the year. I mean, between Clemson and Miami. I mean, both teams going into this both have really good offenses. I think it's going to be that high scoring game. I yeah, think it's just what's the over under at right now, isn't it? Um, was it sixty nine and a half or uh, no? That was the Alabama game here. Yeah, that was Bam Ole Miss. Uh, she, it's some. It's I think it's going to be way over. I think this could potentially be uh, like a eighty point, ninety point game. I just think it's going to be that high scoring, and I think I think Miami will be able to score a lot and hold with them. But again, it's the same conversation with Florida. I think Clemson's offense is just going to be too much for for De'Ara King and in that in that Miami team. But if they come out of this upset, I think they really push for them being a oh, top yeah. team this year. And the, like, they they have the weapons to do it. It's just going to all come down to defense. Whose defense makes the bigger stops? Does the turnover chain overcome the Tiger? going to be it's going to come down to it yeah yeah and um i mean i think i, if it, I think they'd have a better chance if it was in miami oh being yeah in of death value being in death valley death valley and having clemson have some of their fans is just going to be i don't think my i think miami's going to go and give a good fight but i don't think they're going to pull out a win yeah i mean um i think the acc obviously is a one bid league and it'll probably be a one loss team Mm-hmm. If it's Clemson, they'll put him in. But if another team has one loss and has beaten Clemson, I think they'll put Clemson in just because it's Clemson. But I mean, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm kind of happy that ACC is not that bad this year. I mean, AC. I'm a big basketball fan too, and I watch ACC basketball. I love North Carolina. So, but um, yeah, um, I, I Mac Brown's done a good job. He's gotten some good recruits especially down south down there. I mean, it's not really that south, but you're not venturing into Alabama and Georgia. And um, so, yeah, I'll move mm-hmm. on. Um, 
the rest of these games we can all kind of lump together, just talk about. Um, yep. I think the last big one we have is uh, 14, Tennessee at Georgia. What's with Georgia getting all these home games versus teams? It's crazy. I mean, they're all, they're always it between is crazy. Um, Go ahead. Yeah, they're, they're, it seems like they've always had a home. I don't think they – have they had an away game this year? Was it just out of – I don't think they did. I, 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 you can look it up if you want. I don't know if they did, but uh, I mean, they're two big one. They're two big games so far have been between the hedges. Um, but mm-hmm. like we said, I think it's time to, we, we take um, Georgia seriously. And I think they shut down Tennessee. I mean, their defense is so good. And, um, but yeah, I, I just don't think yeah. they'll be, they'll I don't be think, I, I think that... good. Yeah. I think, I was going to say, I think Georgia's defense is really going to show out here against Tennessee. And I think they're going to hold Tennessee to a good amount of points. And Georgia's offense is just going to run all over people like they do always. Yeah, I mean, the over-under for this game is 43. And uh, when I did my article on the preview, mm-hmm. take the, you, I, I would take the under. And I, I'm going to take the under just because yeah. I yeah, can't. I take the, I, I, I would take the under two. I just don't see. I don't see. I see Georgia eating a lot of the clock up with their run game, and their that defense really stepping up and being like, "You're not scoring on us." Yeah, I, I think. I think the. Did you go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I was saying I, I can't see Tennessee scoring more than ten points. Um, I'm. It's hard for me no. to see that. But no. uh, all right, and then these last two games I got here. Um, obviously Alabama at Ole Miss, high scoring fair. Anything to add yeah. with that one? No. Um, no, I just think it's going to be an offensive shootout. I think a lot of these games this week could, are going to turn into an offensive shootout. I mean, we were wrong last week um, with one of the games, but I think this week is really going to show that offense is over these defenses this year, except for Georgia. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> there you start comparing. People are – Georgia fans are going to start comparing to the 85 Bears and crap. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> that will be the day. <laughs> yeah, and then the last one I had on here um, – Really just to – so Notre Dame's obviously had COVID and they had to reschedule last week, so they're back on the field this week mm-hmm. and they host Florida State. And only thing I have to say is Florida State is, like, so bad. Like, they <laughs> really are bad. So They are bad. terrible. They are terrible this year. This I mean, is a I, rebuilding year for them. They need to take a step back and just just kind of take the rest of their games and be like, okay, let's start some of these younger players. Exactly. I mean, well, I think last year or last week they start. They ended up playing a true freshman the entire game. But I mean, yeah, Florida State's just like I don't even know what happened. They they are so so bad. It, they are. It, they are. It, Their defense was supposed to be decent this year, and it just didn't come through. It just fell apart. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, it's a good slate of games, and they're actually all kind of spread out. Like you have your two noon Red River and um, Virginia Tech, North Carolina, three mm-hmm. thirty Georgia. And then, uh, obviously, late night, you got uh, the big one in Death Valley, number two. All right. And then, so I'm going to get into this. I'll go over it real quick, and I'll give you mine. But we're going to do a best bets segment, uh, probably only only on uh, Fridays. Probably, probably won't. There's no reason to do it. There's no <laughs> actually, actually, the Mac does play on Wednesdays and Tuesdays. So, you know, what? I'll give a best bet on Tuesday for <laughs> Mac team. <laughs> um, but uh, I'll just read them off to you. Tell me what you think. Uh, so this week I have um, Bama Ole Miss over under 69 and a half. I'm going to take the over. I just think that, I mean, that game almost hits triple digits to me. Yeah. 
And then I got the under, like I said, um, was 43 in the Georgia-Tennessee game. Uh, life's too short to bet the under, but there's just no way that um, mm-hmm. Tennessee is going to score more than, I, I, like I said, 10 points. So, mm-hmm. And then the favorite that I like, and we just talked about, is Florida State. <laughs> Notre Dame. Notre Florida Dame. State and Notre Dame. Um, Florida State's like the worst team in the world. And yeah. I I would be I, – I, these are one of those I could be completely wrong about and ends up being close. But I just don't – from what I've seen Florida State, I just don't see it. And I think no. Notre, Dame, Notre Dame coming off a week off, they easily cover. And then um, an underdog. I have two underdogs this week. Um, mm-hmm. So Arkansas maybe is a decent football team. They beat Mississippi State last year or last week. So mm-hmm. I mean that was a bit that was a big loss for Mississippi State coming off their win over LSU. But I think they'll stick it close. I just don't think Auburn's that good. They'll they'll, they'll play close with Auburn. And uh, if you take Arkansas plus thirteen and a half, I think it'd be good there. My bonus underdog. It's in the um, Miami Clemson game. My uh, Clemson's favored by fourteen, but I think Miami stays within the number, and uh, they probably won't win, but they'll cover. So, um, yeah. Any yeah. any thoughts on that? Um, I think you're right. I mean, Auburn. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, after Auburn got dominated by um, by Georgia last week, I think they're gonna come out with a chip on their shoulder. But I mean, Arkansas beat Mississippi State, who we were talking about last week, being in conversation with. Um, you know, being being ranked this year. Um, and I think they're going to come out and use that momentum to kind of bully Auburn around like they were last – like Auburn was bullied last week. Yeah, every year it just seems like Auburn e- either gets incredibly lucky, like the one year, uh, the kick six and the miracle of Jordan Hare. Oh, yeah. Or they, or yep. they just aren't – or just they're in the middle of – I mean, Gus Malzahn, he's got to be on his last – Last legs there. I mean, he's, he's been there. For, I mean, he's been there forever. I don't. I can't even name another coach. That yeah, was there. And, it, and it's coming to the point now that he's so far away from the last time they won. With or they got the championship with Nick Marshall and that team, but he also mm-hmm. won with Cam Newton. So he's just he can't yep, rest on Cam. his laurels there anymore. I mean, Cam's a thirty-year-old yep. NFL player now, so you can't rest your laurels on that. Um, and then. Going forward, we're going to have like a random favorite player that each of us will guess. I'll just give you mine this yep. week just because it's awesome. I just figured this out. One of my favorite players uh, play for North Carolina in football. Um, I, you, you'll you know him. Um, Ryan Switzer. Yeah, Switzer. The little, the little white kid who returns <laughs> all the – I, I thought – I was thinking about having him this week as my favorite player, um, but I had to go with someone else who you you'll probably know who it is. Um, won the Ronnie Law Trophy in 2016. Uh, was number one in the Big Ten for punt return yards per return at 14.8. Um, came fifth in the Heisman voting as a defensive player. It, it's got to be Jabril Peppers out of Michigan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Once you yeah, said fifth, I mean, in, fifth in the Heisman voting, I knew it was Peppers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that kid was just – that kid was getting comparisons from Denard Robinson coming out of Michigan – um, hasn't he's been like a decent safety coming? Um, he was a decent safety for Cleveland, and now he's with the Giants, I believe. Correct. Um, and he's been, yeah, you know, yeah. kind of their new safety there. Uh, I just love that kid coming out of college. He was always so great. I have a Jabril Preppers Michigan Michigan jersey. 
And he's just, I think, was a great player coming out of high school. And no matter what he does in the pros, I think will always be one of those great players coming out of college. Yeah, I liked him when he played for the Browns, except, I mean, the defensive coordinator would be, you never saw I see the Browns back then, but when they went um, either two years ago or three years ago, when they went without a win, uh, Peppers would play like one one safety high, and he'd just play 30 yards away from the ball. I I, I had no Mm -hmm. idea what they're doing. I like Peppers a lot, but the Mm -hmm. big news is my favorite player, Ryan Switzer, just got signed to the Browns practice squad. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> because huge. they were having trouble. Like Donovan Peoples-Jones from Michigan it has, right, yeah. has kind of been doing it, but they kind of want a specialist, so I guess they brought him in, and I'm pumped. I put uh, one of my uh, – like I do the dog power report for the Brown stuff. I uh, I put mm-hmm. the highlight video Switzer because I was so excited. <laughs> no. Um, do you want me to start with my uh, next segment we have up is the trivia. Do you want me to start with mine? I just have three quick questions. Um, you'll probably know most of them. Um, and I do have a Red River rivalry one as well. All right. Yeah. Uh, like I said, we won't really keep track of this one, but coming, right. we, we need to get Hans into shape. All right. We need to, he needs to come on. <laughs> yeah. We got we to we hold Hans accountable this week. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so my first question is, um, it's kind. Of, I kind of did like a multiple choice format, except for the last one. Um, which team has the highest winning percentage in all of the FBS? Is it Notre Dame, Boise State, Ohio State, or Michigan? It's Boise State. Nope, Michigan. Michigan has oh, like a seventy-three all time. Yeah, all time. Oh, okay, okay. You gotta say that, bro. All right. Yeah, <laughs> oh, all right. All right. Sorry. No, you're good. You're good. Because I, I do know that <laughs> Boise State in like 2011, they had like the highest winning percentage by far. But yeah, no, I yeah. feel that. All right. Go ahead. Okay. Let's hear the next um, one. I got that one wrong. Come on, Justin. You're better than this. <laughs> uh, which team has won the most overall conference championship? Is it Ohio State, Nebraska, USC, or Oklahoma? All time. Nebraska. Yep, that's correct. It, all right, yeah. I, I was either I was either going to Nebraska or Oklahoma because USC never used to be good. And no. Yeah, but nope. Nebraska, yeah, I mean, I wish I – I mean, I was alive, but barely. I was like – I, my dad still tells me that he went to Nebraska and played safety. I'm like, John, I'm 28 years old now. Joke's a little old. <laughs> Joke's a little fucking old. Um, my last one, the Red River rivalry was first played in 1900. Who won and what was the score of that first game? 1900. Um, all right. Uh, seven. <laughs> this, this is kind of a hard one. I got to give you a hard one here. Seven to six, um, Oklahoma or Texas? No, Texas won by a score of twenty-eight to two. How they give up? A, uh, that, that's tough. <laughs> that, that's, that's a good one. That's, I had to give you a hard one, man. You you always say you're always good on college football. So uh, this let, is, let me this, hear this is uh-huh. one of my this is one of my trivia questions. But you doing that made me think of this. What's the only? Sp- number you can't score in football the only number you can't score like you said like two points is a safety three is a field goal right what's the only one only number like in all numbers that you can't reach five oh four you can't reach yeah, not even you can't reach. It just can't. I'm be gonna had. hate you for that. 
Yeah, you're gonna hate yourself when I tell you this. A uh, hundred? I don't know. That's tough. That's tough. One. One? Yes. You cannot score one oh, point. Oh yeah, I was like, it's either one or a hundred, and I'm like, I'm thinking high score. I'm thinking like, yeah, I thought no. See, I t- took it as like, okay, you kick a field goal, that's a point. So I took yeah, it no, as that. I, yeah, no worries, no worries, no worries. But yeah, I my that was that was a good question though. That was a good one. Uh, yeah, um, I'll get into mine. Um, <laughs> they're pretty tough, but okay. Um, behind Joe no Burrow, worries. behind Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts, and tie with Justin Fields. Who was the third highest rated passer last year according to PFF? Oh, you asked this question in the group chat, didn't you? Yeah, don't oh, I remember this. You asked this question. Oh, I said it was like I thought it was the kid out of Navy, but it wasn't. It was oh, what was his name? You had said it too. It was that wasn't the kid no, was it the kid out of Arkansas? No. You didn't say it was Arkansas, or did you? Oh, crap. What was it? What was it? It's not what Arkansas. It? Okay, it's not Arkansas. I'll give you five I don't seconds. know. I don't know who it is. I don't know who it is. Um, hopefully, we will have him on the podcast soon. I'm working with uh, the athletics department. Uh, Dustin Crum, the quarterback from Kent State. Oh, yeah. Okay. He went, yeah. Um, I, that, I was gonna be, that was in the back of my mind, but I was like, no, nah, I couldn't. Can't stick yeah. All right. <laughs> um, all right. Number two. Since 2003, the Heisman Trophy has gone mainly to quarterbacks. In 2015, Derrick Henry won the award. Before him, who was the last non quarterback to win, and what school did he go to? Last well, non quarterback, correct? Yes. And Derrick Henry won 2015. Right. Before him. Between 2003 and 2015, one nine quarterback won. Wait, 2015 and when? Uh, I don't know. I think it was 2009. I didn't say the year. But Derrick Henry won 2015. Who was the only other nine quarterback winner from 2003 till now? Till now? Okay, so I was going to say Charles Woodson, but that was that was before 2003. Um, you're gonna you're gonna beat yourself off up. <laughs> I probably will. Um, was it a running back? Yeah. Or was it? It was a running back. Oh, oh. Who was it? Two thousand three. Oh, Reggie Bush, but he got Reggie. it revoked, didn't he? No, Reggie Bush never won. I thought no Reggie. Oh, but that was that was way back in the day. No, it wasn't way back in the day. They would have counted, but he never won one. Or or the vacated doesn't count. I don't know. But oh uh, yeah, uh, that's what I was gonna say. He won it, but they vacated it. He, I mean, he should have won it that year. He was the best player. But um, well, Vince, no, they, they 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 revoked it um because of his scan. There was a scandal behind it. Yeah, yeah. Um, he like sold said, it. Okay. It's right, a running it. back. I'm just trying to go through the list. Of, I'm. I, I, we're running out of time here, so I'm. I'm probably going to be myself over it. But who was it? Um, Mark Ingram, running back from oh. Alabama. <laughs> oh, that's right. Right. Uh, he was. Oh, that was tough. Yeah, I'm going to be myself over that one. All right, last one. All right, this one has a little bit to do with the Heisman as well. In 2013, Northern Illinois quarterback Jordan Lynch finished third in the Heisman voting. That's the highest a Mac player has ever finished. Before Lynch, who had the highest finish for the Heisman from the Mac, 
What school did he attend? And how high did he finish? I don't know. I'm not a big Mac fan, so I could not. They're not a Mac. They're not a Mac team anymore. No, I don't. I don't know who it is. Uh, Randy Moss at Marshall. Marshall. Yeah, and he finished fourth. All right, so I was going to go with like Big Ben. You should have. I, I would have made some inappropriate jokes. <laughs> All right. You should. You should know too. You went. You looked at Miami. So yeah, I mean, no. Well, that's why I was going to say him. But, All right. Yeah. Well, um, that's uh, that's it for the first episode of the Fourth and Long podcast. Uh, Jake, just stick around. Um, we'll talk about some things, and then. Uh, yeah, hopefully next Tuesday we'll have your guy on, interview him, and it, it'll be really cool to get like an insider's perspective of, I mean, is he is he open to like what testing is like and everything like that? Um, yeah, um, I'm still talking with him a little bit, but he's open to pretty much talking about everything. Um, I mean, we're not, I'm not trying to get him in trouble or anything, but yeah, he's, absolutely. he's yeah. open to talking about what the experience has been like. Um, and kind of give us a player's perspective because we always get this outside point of view, but it's kind of nice to have this inside point of view of what it's like from a player's perspective because they're usually, they're usually told, Oh, don't say anything to reporters or anything. But, um, you know, he's, he's talked with some of his coaches and is open to open the talking with us. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I mean, if we have to, you know, we can like, like on the old, like, uh, gangland shows we can like show his confession with it darked out and, like, <laughs> with the voiceover and everything <laughs> and then, our, then, our, then our fans will just be like that's just hans hans just never comes it's just him but uh all right man that'll do it for the fourth and long podcast episode one uh, i think we did a good job jake and um like i said yeah. stick around we'll talk a little bit but uh we're going to have the broadcast, and uh, hopefully everyone have a great weekend uh, and a great weekend in college football. And we will talk to you Tuesday night at 10 o'clock, I believe. Yeah. So everyone have a good weekend. Yeah. Jake, have Thank a good weekend. Thank you all weekend. for coming in, tuning in for our podcast. We really appreciate it. Um, stick around. We're, we, you know, we're – some of us aren't always, you know, me and Hans aren't always <laughs> the most intelligent on college football. <laughs> no, but, no, no, no. But we're here you for guys, good time. You guys are more than knowledgeable. It's great. It's just that you fucking live on the West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's always that's always a problem with time issues. And Hans actually has a job during this time. So it's like we all, we all got to work around Hans. Come on, Hans. Yeah, uh, we're not talking about Hans. <laughs> it's he who must not be named. All right, everybody. <laughs> okay. Everybody all have right. a good weekend. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one.